This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we are introducing you to an organization that's empowering women who have survived abuse and sex trafficking. This March, Share Charlotte's focus is nonprofits that help sex trafficking survivors. These women are forced to perform commercial sex, and escaping can feel impossible. They may be physically abused, manipulated, blackmailed, the list goes on. It can seem like they have no other choice. But there are communities of love and support and healing out there for them. Today, we're introducing you to one of them, Dahlia Grove. It's a nonprofit that provides free housing, jobs, and training for women survivors. We're joined by board chair Bonnie Henry and program assistant Carrie Gamble. Welcome, ladies, to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you. Uh, let's start first with what your organization does. What do you do? How do you find the people that you help? We are a program that provides a two-year home stay free of charge to the women. Our primary purpose is our social enterprise, which is training them for jobs so that they can li- have a living wage when, once they finish the program so that they're not forced back onto the streets to do what they were doing before. So how do you find these women? There's a variety of ways. Um, Carrie might know some others, but we have some that are court-ordered, some that come to us from referrals from um, Justice Ministries, which is another agency in the city. Um, Some come to us from um, the um, treatment centers. Yeah, we get a lot of referrals from... The treatment centers, because a lot of these women struggle with of them. <laughs> yeah struggle with addiction. So that's a big part of our program too is helping them overcome the addiction piece. For people who don't understand, I mean, I sort of describe what what this can look like. What are they surviving? What have they gone through? And I know every situation's different, but in general, you say addiction's a part of it. Homelessness is huge. Um, this sex trafficking, prostitution, domestic violence, dealing with all of these things often lead people to try to escape via drugs, alcohol. Um, and oftentimes that leads you to be on the streets. So homelessness is a big thing that they're escaping and surviving. Um, they're also surviving a horrible life of mm-hmm. being forced to perform sex acts by men who want money for what they are. They're seen as a commodity, um, livestock, mm-hmm. basically. They're not seen as people. Sometimes they're kept in cages. Um, they, I, one of our residents told me that she was uh, forced to at, perform at a minimum of thirty-five sex acts a night in order to um, be able to not be beat up and um, abused. So you were telling me earlier that your model is a successful one. So for people to understand, what, how do you define success for, for when you help somebody? 
Um, the way that we are measuring success at the present time is that people complete the program. It's a two-year commitment, and it, two years is a long time when you're 21 years old or when you're 45 years old. Two years is a lot of a commitment. So if they complete the entire process of learning to live off of drugs, just simply planting a seed of that you maybe could have a life that's different, then moving on to um, doing a regularly scheduled life that has um, things that you do every week, and maybe you make a little bit of money for those things. And in our phase three, women work 40 hours a week, go to school, do other things while they're with us so that they're not required to um, find a place to live and do all of those things all at once. A lot of these people have no sense of how to handle money because they've never had any money. All their money went to their pimp. So they had nothing. So they never knew how to handle money. They didn't know how to write a check or use a debit card or any of those things because it wasn't possible for them. So why, why do you do this? Why are you guys involved in this? Working with these women, I, I would never think that we had things in common. Um, and I would probably never really, I hate to say it, but I might not even talk to these women. But I have grown to absolutely love them and see myself in them too. And I think I've probably gotten more out of working with them than they get out of working with me. Um, so that's just a wonderful thing about volunteering and working with like just all different people you wouldn't think you would have anything with common with but we are we all have things in common and it's really it's very fulfilling and 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 what's your why why do you do what you do because I've had such a wonderful life I am so grateful for the life I was given I've had a wonderful family I have a wonderful husband great kids um, who are just as loving and giving as I can imagine, um, recently they did something really nice for me and I started crying and they said, why are you crying? And I said, because you've turned out to be who I wanted you to be. <laughs> um, but because of that, I feel absolutely compelled and I do feel led by, the God, by my God to do this work because I was gifted. I need to give back. You, you know, Abraham said, God said Abraham was going to be blessed to be a blessing. Well, I think we all are. When we're blessed, we need to give blessings back. And that's exactly why I do it. And because these women are, once you see them and you meet them and you know them, you love them. I mean, you realize they are just a different you that didn't have the same chances you did. And their lives have, some of their lives have been so horrible. And you give them a chance to have a different life. One of them said recently after having dinner at someone's home, um, I never dreamed I'd have a life where I'd actually be invited to dinner at someone's home. I mean, we take that so for granted. Yeah. And for her, that was a huge deal to have that happen. She also, Carrie told me this story, and I'll, have to, I'll go ahead and share it, but uh, if that's okay, Carrie, no, that's that okay. Um, we gave her a birthday party when she first came and she cried. We said, why are you crying? And she said, because nobody's ever given me a birthday party. 
in her whole life, not just as a teenager or an adult who was in trafficking. When she was a little girl, she wasn't even cared for enough to have that. And you, you just see that your life has been so great that out of your gratitude, you can't help but give back. There's nothing like this in Charlotte that helps women of all, I mean, from all walks, um, helps them learn how to live on life's terms and is non-judgmental, loving, and we offer just a holistic approach. I mean, they're getting housing, they're getting medical care, they're getting education, um, all the things that like a family would provide if they had such, or if they had a healthy such. Um, and so when I, like, when I realized that they're doing this whole picture, I was like, I want to work here. And yeah. that's how I, that's where I started. Um, and you work at, over the cafe or experience? I do a little, I'm lucky, because I get to do a little bit of everything. Um, I, um, I help with production on Tuesdays. We, the women, make jewelry and body products, and then we sell them. But that's their job, like, to make them. They get paid a living wage to make these products. Um, and then on Friday, every Friday, we have a community cafe, and we provide fantastic meals. We do. They do. We also St. Stephen's but, United Methodist Church every Friday. If you want lunch and you want a good one for a reasonable price, which is whatever you want to donate, you get a great lunch. That's fun. And and the women, um, we also offer um, catering as one of their jobs, and so I get to help with the catering, and then I get to help. I'm kind of behind the scenes with them at the house. I help them with their medications and all the, the kind of medical nursey things um, and the case management things. Like, you know, some of the women, they don't have any documents. They have no forms of ID. And, you know, if you don't have a birth certificate and you don't have a Social Security card, like, it's really hard to get ID. Um, like, we had one woman that she had gotten her GED in prison several years ago and she didn't know like she thought she was going to have to get her GED again and so I was able to I had to talk to the judge and get this stuff some documents released but she didn't like she just didn't know right. that she didn't have to do it again like it was there and she she'd already done the work but she just needed help and insight to get the documents or you know just get the information there's probably so many women that you've helped um, and you've seen them go on. What we, we said success, they have to get through this program. That's not easy to do. Um, do you stay in touch with the people who have made it? We, we do. Um, so we are sister property to Thistle Farms, okay. um, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. And they've been around for, 
I think they started in like 1996 or something like that. So they, they've been around for a, a while. And their model is um, four phases. And the fourth phase is after you've graduated the program, you're a sister for life. And so we keep up with, I mean, they can use our services. We keep in touch with them. Um, they, every morning we start our day with this, it's called Morning Circle, and they can join our Morning Circle. Um, so, yes, they, they are Sisters for Life. Sisters for Life. Mm-hmm. How long have you both been involved? I've been involved for about three years now. Okay, and Carrie? Um, I've been involved, well, I just came on board as staff in January, but I started volunteering for about a year before that. Okay. Yeah, she worked as much as a volunteer as she's working as a paid worker. We just decided we needed to pay her for all she was doing because she does such a great job. Some of these women have incredible medical problems. The problems that are associated with having been on the streets are huge. Yeah. Um, not only the sexual problems that you might have, the um, w- uh, the women's issues, so to speak, Plus, we had a woman who came in who was diabetic and never knew she was diabetic because she'd never been to the doctor. Right. And just basic, you know. She already has neuropathy in her feet. She already has a lot of the secondary characteristics of diabetes that could have been avoided if she had known. And so trying to care for her um, and get her to understand how she needs to eat, how she needs to take care of her medicines, all those things is huge. Carrie is is a vital person in this organization. So do do the women pay or is it is there donate like how do you how do you do the work that you do and I mean obviously if you have staff too I mean you have to get money It's all donations grants um the women pay nothing good from the very beginning I mean they come like we're getting um a new woman on uh Monday and you know who knows what she's going to come with Um, You know, she may come with just the clothes off her back. And so we will, you know, we'll provide her clothes. She, her bed is already made. And um, the other women of the house have put stuff on the bed and made it ready for her. So it's like, she's going to walk in and it's going to be welcome home. Um, So we provide everything from, and then like in the first phase, they work, the first phase is a lot of just healing and learning how to be sober. People who have been addicts and have had trauma of the kind these women have had, are their brain's chemistry has changed. There's lots of research on this out there. Um, and it's going to take them five to six years to actually their brain to begin to recover from all of the trauma that it's had. So when you're trying to work with them, you have got to be sensitive to the fact that each one of these things could affect them in some way. Like, we don't allow men in the house um, unless there is a staff member there available. You ask about funding. Uh, that's, I, for me, that's my biggest issue. Um, as the board chair, that's my job, is to make sure we raise enough money to keep this business going. We pay these women a living wage. In phase one, they're working a little bit, but even in phase one, they're forced to save 10% of what they earn. They're learning that skill. In phase two, they fa- I think they save um, 30% maybe, and in phase three, they save 40% or 50% of their money. Um, and that money is all put away for them, and we match up to $1,200 of that money when they leave. So we have to have that money sitting there ready for them. 
I take it very seriously that this isn't whether or not we put on another fashion show. This has to do with whether or not these women have a roof over their head, have the programming they need, and are rescued from this life. And so, I mean, I'm working right now. I have a meeting on Monday with Ray Ward Advertising to because they're going to let us use their space in um, in um, November for our big gala. So I'm already working toward a gala in November. We have a golf tournament in May. We have a walkathon in the middle of the summer. That's a virtual walkathon. So it's there's always something going on to raise money. Well, after the break, we will talk about how people can find out about those events coming up. Do you love podcasts? You're listening to one right now, so we're going to say you do. You know what makes podcast listening better? A really great set of earbuds nestled snugly into your appropriate head holes. You could win a really great set of earbuds courtesy of the Queen City Podcast Network. A set of Bose noise-canceling quiet comfort earbuds, a $200 value, could be all yours. And all you have to do is sign up to receive the Queen City Podcast Network email newsletter at queencitypodcastnetwork.com between now and April 16th, 2023. You heard me. Sign up to receive a twice-weekly email about all the latest Queen City Podcast Network releases. And you're entered in a drawing where you could win the earbuds of a lifetime. The rules are published at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. That's also where you sign up for the drawing. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com, your ticket to great listening with a great set of earbuds. So we're back from the break. We are going to talk about how people can participate in all the events. But first, I want to go back to you, Carrie, because you were talking about Morning Circle. Tell me, because it's not just for the women who are living in the house, but it's for the Sisters for Life as well. They can come back, and it sounds like it's the kind of thing that you would want to come back for. So tell me about what, what, you, what you guys do and, and, and sort of build community through that. So every morning, we all come together, um, sometimes via Zoom. I mean, we're not always at the house or whatever, but, yeah, we all come together. And the women light a candle, and... They say that the candle is, they, they say a prayer for all the women on the street, all the children born into addiction without a choice. May the candle, the light from the candle bring them home. And so, that, and so that's lit during our morning circle. And during morning circle, we, we usually read from a variety of different um, books. A lot of, uh, we read stuff from Thistle Farms, um, their, some of their books are really helpful and stories of their survivors and then we all have a little input um, and then we close out and it's just a great way to start the day and but we do that we light that candle every and we, we light the candle for other activities but that candle um, to shine a light home is a one of our big things so that light home isn't free no, it isn't you free. Gotta, you got to pay for that. So if I'm interested in learning more about you guys, where do I go? Daliagrove.org. .org. .org. Okay, mm-hmm. and spell Dahlia. D-A-H-L-I-A. Grove. G-R-O-V-E. Dot .org. .org. We got mm-hmm. it. Okay, so when I go to Dahlia Grove, what am I going to find there? You will find a, a really nice menu that will tell you about the products you can purchase from us. Oh. 
about events that are upcoming. You can go and find out about the board, who is on the board, and there soon will be, we're working on our website right now, to add bios of each of the board members. There'll be a letter from me and a letter from Gail Smith, who is our executive director, talking about our vision at Dahlia Grove and why we're there. Um, so there's a lot of really great information. But the best thing about it is it tells you exactly what we do. It tells you the four phases and how the women are. Once you start reading through that, you start realizing what it takes to put this on. And then you get to the events and see, oh, I could do this or I could do that. There's a tab to donate. If you just want to give some money to us, we could always use that. Um, but we have lots of events to raise funds because people like to get together. And that's a good way to raise money is getting people together. And, and you having can, them donate. we can cater your events. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And we're, we're working on, we have a new intern right now that's helping us with our website. Um, she's helping take pictures and of our jewelry that we make and our bath products. Um, great amazing. little Mother's Day presents or teacher's gifts. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and so the, Next big event is the golf tournament? The mm -hmm. next big event is our golf tournament. It is on May 22nd at Raintree. And so if you go to the Dahlia Grove website, you can see how you can participate. We're looking for team captains who will um, elicit three other golfers to play with them, who will then, we'd like each one of those golfers to contact 40 people and try to raise money from those 40 people. And corporate donors. And corporate donors. We're definitely looking for corporate donors all the time because um, – it's, we're little, mm -hmm. and we need to get big. Um, not only do we need to grow so that we serve more women, but we need bigger donors so that we don't have to spend so much of our t board's time doing fundraising and we can do more visionary things. Right. Um, because like you said, you're paying the women who don't pay a dime to go through mm -hmm. this program a, a living wage. Mm -hmm. you you're teaching them how to save money, and then you match money when they leave. So, I mean... All of that, and then also all the programming, all the staff, you know, I guess it's a home. Um, yeah, we all pay rent. I mean, we've rent. got all the things that go with a house. You know, rent, we have insurance. Utilities and insurance and all those things. You know, we things. do, like, volunteer training and just the little things that, you know, making copies, the things, the little things add up. Oh, for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I just want to thank you both for being here today. Uh, I think what you're doing is amazing, and um, – and I think it's really cool that it can start out volunteering and then you, it's sort of like you're addicted to, mm -hmm. to helping them. Um, and I, I just think that's wonderful. And um, I just, is there anything else that you want to say about the work that you do? Just that it, I, I think we need to be aware, all of us, of how vital this is. Charlotte is the ninth biggest trafficking spot in the country. We sit at the crossroads of 77 and 85. Truck stops are horrible places for human trafficking. We have a port at Wilmington, which isn't really that far away. We, ha we have an international airport here. There are lots of reasons we are that, but part of that reason is that we don't recognize it or, no, or do anything about it when we see it, and that we have people who take advantage of the opportunities to take care take these women. Yeah. And that's where we really need to change the world.
We need to stop blaming these victims and start blaming the people who abuse them. Yeah. Well, thank you for filling that gap and being in that space. We really appreciate it. Do you know anyone like Bonnie or Carrie who are doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. Make sure you use the hashtag DoGoodCLT and head to ShareCharlotte.org to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.